So Steph, would you ever move in with your parents at 37? At 33, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Things would have to be pretty grim. It would have to be for a really good reason because I just don't think I could go back. Could you go back? I mean, I don't think I've ever thought about it, but after talking to Dina and the way she did it, it makes sense to me. Like she needed to do a, a total 180 in her career. And you know, how, how else can you do that without the sort of support or a place to be able to go to and kind of reset. Yeah, it's like going back to before you started in the working world. It's like you're living with your parents, you gotta start again. I don't know, it was super interesting to hear she actually went from 15 years in banking to living with her parents and like making a ton of money. Yeah. Which kept her in there for 15 years. It also makes you think, I mean, money is super helpful, but it's clearly not everything. If you were willing to go back and live with your parents yeah to do something else and to find what you want to do really and she said a big drive of why she continued in the inve investment banking world was because that money allowed her to support her family like she put her niece into school she like helped her brother out there was a, a lot of responsibility that came with that money it wasn't just her living a dream true. true i like to think it's just yachts cars yeah I was considering being a banker when I was listening to this interview, <laughs> just for a second. One thing that I found really interesting in, in life in general, I always think like if we end up living till we're like 80, 90, 100 or something, I couldn't imagine doing the same thing for like, you know, I don't know what, 70 years or something. So I think Dina is a really good example where you can have several careers, ser several very successful careers in your lifetime. Like it doesn't have to... You don't have to be strapped to something forever. Yes. And you can still be successful. So she did investment banking for ages. Um, she was very successful. And then she had ideas of what she wanted to do. She wasn't sure, but she knew what skills she had. She knew she wanted to be closer to her family. So she had some parameters. And then fast forward to today, she owns two super popular restaurants in LA with her husband, who's a chef. You know, she has a couple of kids. But she's also at this point of what's next. So I'm really curious to see you know, where she does go from here. Yeah, me too. It's inspiring to hear that you can completely reinvent yourself over and over again and that she's done it and it's successful and she's just about to do it again. All right, cool. So this is the interview with Dina Sampson, who is a restaurant owner of Rosso Blue and Sotto in L.A. In a nutshell, you had a stint in finance, like investment banking and stuff. Then there was a mild transition into working with an artist, a musician. Right. Then there was some video gaming stuff. And right. now you co-own two restaurants with your husband. Right. Looking back <laughs> 20 years, right. if someone was to say, if you were to say to yourself, oh, I'm going to do all these things and then I'm going to be in LA with these two restaurants, how would you react to that? <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, even today, I still wonder, what am I doing? <laughs> I can't believe this is happening to me, you know? I mean, when I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer. That was my thing. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to speak a, you know, a million languages. That was my thing. And then... I don't know, I just, real life happened and I just had to get a job after college and 
I actually started as an assistant at an investment bank because okay. I wasn't, you know, they're looking for Ivy Leaguers, right? And I wasn't an Ivy Leaguer. I went to a st- you know, state school mm-hmm. and I started as an assistant, but just kept trying to learn more and do more. But wait, wait, so you finished college. Yes. You had these dreams of being a lawyer. Right. But you were like, I just need a job. I need a job. And I found this assistant job. <laughs> yeah, so I found this assistant job. Figured I'd just work in as, a, as an assistant for a while, mm-hmm. save up some money, in the meantime, study to take the LSAT, you know, live with my mom, you know, and just try and figure Where it out. Where was this? This was in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. And so, yeah, that was just my plan. You know, I didn't really have one. I just figured this is what I'm going to do. But I got into investment banking and loved the pace. Like, I was only an assistant, but I just loved that you were always moving. It was so fast. There were always these deadlines. And so... Every day was a little different, and I just loved the pressure. Okay. And it just kind of kept me really motivated, and I really liked that. Well, what were you doing as an assistant? I mean, I was just putting together pitch books for corporate finance, you know, corporate finance bankers trying to get business. And so it was, it was just PowerPoint. That, that was terrifying. It. No, it was terrifying at first, but I was pretty computer savvy, so it was just PowerPoint presentations. But then the bankers that I worked with started to say, hey, wait. Maybe she can do more. So then they started to give me some numbers, you know, projects where I would start to do fill in, you know, just data entry from um, spreadsheet, um, financial statements to spreadsheets. So then I just started that. And then they thought, okay, she's pretty good at that too. So then they just kind of kept giving me more and more and more. And then I just, I don't know. Then from there, I just kept getting promoted and moved up and then... I don't know. It was crazy. I was the right hand to the CEO at one time. That's crazy. Because he had heard of me and how I kept kind of taking every task that I had at hand. But, you know, I still didn't have this Ivy League degree that they wanted. So I was kind of stuck. There was only a certain level I could get to until finally one of the women that I worked with, she was leaving to go to a different investment bank. And she said, come with me. She's like, I'll make you a banker. And I was like, yes. I'm finally going to be there, even though I'm not an Ivy Leaguer. It's going to be great, right? And then I went, and I followed her to New York. Wow. And, um, you know, became an investment banker in the research department. And um, it was crazy. I mean, I thought I was good at all the other things. I was terrible at it. What? Why? Because it was really, it was so detailed and so sitting at your desk all day and staring at spreadsheets. I mean, I would get in there at... 6 a.m. Everyone got in at 6 a.m. I wouldn't leave until midnight. Mm-hmm. And all I did was sit at my desk, staring at spreadsheets, looking at financial statements, trying to analyze trends. I mean, it was just not for me. Totally okay, wait, not for wait, me. Wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So wait, there was no point that you were like, wait, this is just a job I'm doing for money and I'm going to get out. You, were, you, you got really into it. I got it. really into it because I loved the pace. I loved the environment. And, you know, if back in the day when I was there, it was the heyday of investment banking. Right. I mean, everybody wanted to be an investment banker. Yeah. The money was crazy, and you know, and I grew up in a family that didn't have money. So for me, it was, wow, I'm making all this money. This is so great. I'm just going to keep making money. That's all I want to do, you know. And I totally gave up the lawyer thing yeah. quickly, very quickly. When I got <laughs> my first bonus at the end of the year, I thought, okay, I can just do this. And it's and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the people. I'm enjoying the environment. So yeah, I just kept going, and I I did. I got caught up with the money. I really did. Wow. It was just this constant where wow, I can help 
I can help my brother buy a house. I can send my my um, nephew and niece to like private school. Like I was like, okay, this but you're is in great. your twenties or something. Yeah, no, I know that's breaking that in crazy. the dough. Yeah, and I was just just giving everybody money, you know, that's just so to like crazy. keep my family going, and and so I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it for fifteen years. Wow, that's such a long time. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was such a long time, and then finally I was in New York. And I, so I moved on, actually. I moved from investment banking, then I went into hedge funds. And then I started doing more operational role, which was great, um, because I got out of the spreadsheets and did more operational. Like, and that means like people deal, handling like management? Or yeah, something? yeah, just helping. What, what ended up happening is because I had some experience working with the one CEO in San Francisco, everyone saw that on my resume. So then I could get jobs working as like a right hand to a CEO helping him do whatever it is that he needed done, right? Whether it was helping hire or whether it was setting up systems for their offices or whether it was helping them sell their million dollar home, you know, on Long Island. I mean, it was just whatever it was. So I just was just doing everything, a little bit of everything. It sounds so scary. Like if somebody was like, to me, like if you had to do all these diverse things in a role, like how do you even approach that? You know, I just would call, I would call friends, I would call anyone in the industry, anyone doing, like say I had to sell a house, okay, like help my my boss sell his house. I would call my friends that are realtors and say, okay, what do I do? I mean, it was crazy. I mean, of course, they were the, they were always the person that said, okay, yes or no, but I would come fully prepared. Like, this is what I talked to, you know, I talked to this person, I did some research on what the houses are selling at, you know, and this is what I think you should do, And and I would it would be crazy. They'd listen to me and I'd think, what is going on here? Were you I scared? Mean, totally scared. I mean, totally scared. But, I mean, I must have done something right because these people are not stupid, right? right. I mean, they must have thought, okay, she's done her due diligence. It sounds right. You know, in my experience, this must be right. And so, yeah, I learned so much. I mean, so much. So, was that sort of your approach to anything? Like, you were given a task and first thing you would just go off and do some research on it absolutely. like you wouldn't just be like no 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 absolutely <laughs> absolutely I would always I mean even when we first opened the first restaurant I researched I mean how to open a restaurant um I had my husband who at the time was just my boyfriend get me jobs to like be a host at a restaurant or to be you know, a server at some wedding, you know, or catering gigs. And I just wanted to like, okay, how can I understand how this works? And um, it's just what I did. I mean, it was weird. And even for PR, for the restaurant, I thought, okay, I need to understand how it works so that I can properly manage our PR firm. So I went to go work for a PR, I interned at a PR firm and just, how do I, okay, now I get it, okay. And I think that I always wanted to be coming from a place of, I see how it's done, now let's do it my way. Or, you know yeah. what I mean? Or how can I tweak it? I don't, yeah. I, I've always wanted to try to do something just a little bit differently mm-hmm. and not do it the way that everyone else has been doing it. Yeah. Sometimes it's not right, but you know, but sometimes it is. What um, about like on a super granular level? I yeah. guess I'm trying to approach this in how I approach my life. Sure. And especially, I feel like I'm at this place of transition or just seeing, like, what, what's next? And right. I feel like what's next might be very different to what I'm doing now right. professionally. Right. But when I look at it, like, sort of at a, break it down in, like, a timeline, right. I'm like, when you're saying you're doing all this research and you did some internships or you, you know, worked as a hostess, 
when you were in those periods, did you sort of have this time frame to be like, okay, I'm going to do this for six months because I want to be here in 12 months. Did you look at it in that way at all? No, I didn't because my thing is just was just about the education and however long it took, that's how long I wanted to, to do it. But you had a goal, right? I had a goal just to have the knowledge. I mean, that was my goal. And that's actually always kind of been my goal. Um, I just like learning. I like learning, learning. I like knowing things. I mean, I'm one of those people that knows a lot, a little about a lot, yeah. but not a lot. Of, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, and that's just how I've always been and it seems to be working. So I don't really. It wasn't so much a conscious decision of what's next. It's just opportunities came about, yes. you learned them and then it evolved. I, I think, uh, again, looking at what I how I approach things, I guess I get a bit stuck in right. that. I'm like, right. what is next and how's next? And maybe being <clears throat> less open to just being like, well, something completely random might Sure, happen. sure. Okay. So this is, that's a good question. So I'll tell you the one, probably the first time that I finally sat down and thought to myself, okay, this, I gotta, I've been doing this, just taking on what comes to me. Now I want to make the choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically, you know, I had been making the money in the investment banking in the hedge fund world, and I wasn't happy. And I thought, okay, it's not money that's going to make me happy. What is it that's going to make me happy? So I started to kind of review um, what makes me happy, right? And so when I looked at it, what really made me happy was being with my family and being with my friends and having free time to do what I wanted to do instead of working all the time. So I thought, okay... Let's not think about money. Don't think about money. Just think about where you want to where you want to be living, who you want to be near, and start from there. So I started from there. Okay, I want to be closer to my family in California. This is when I was in New York. Closer to my family in California. I want to. Um, I don't need to make a lot of money. So then I calculated in my head how much money will it take to live? Just basically live, right? And at the time, I was. I thought, okay. $50,000. I can live on $50,000 a year. That'll be good, right? And then from there, I just took the leap. I mean, I thought, okay, I'm going to go live with my parents. I mean, this is, I'm old at this time, right? I'm 37. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go live with my parents, figure out what I want to do with my life, like really have some, you know, like real, put some real thought into it and energy into it, and then um, go from there. So... As I started to do that, I realized that it was going to be really hard, right, to have been in investment banking for so long and hedge funds for so long. I didn't even know what I was going to do with my life. So I started researching, of course, you know, what could I do with this skill set? And I thought, okay, what I want to do is really keep that operational role, that operational role that I've had um, with you know all these CEOs because I can really help people manage their lives and their businesses and so that was kind of my my take um, but I had to stop thinking about money because if I kept thinking about money it would freak me out so I did I just stopped I quit my job I started to move and I don't know I've always been of the mindset that because it had always happened to me right that thing something would just come up um, and that, but this time it was, I was going to not take it just because, right? I was going to take it because it's something that I really, really wanted to do. 
And so that was kind of the first job. And then um, as I was kind of unemployed, um, one of my friends called me and said, because um, I'd been talking to her about what I was looking for. She said, I think that I know someone looking for someone just like you. And she's like, it's in California and um, you'll be close to your family. And, um, you know, it's a learning experience. I know you like to learn. And I said, okay, what is it? And she said, um, it's being a producer on a financially based video game. And I was like, what That's does hilarious. that mean? <laughs> like, what does, because how am I going to transition, right? right? So the transition was to work as an advisor slash um, kind of manager of a Wall Street based video game. They wanted to build a. Was this like an educational game or it's just. It, no. it was. It was okay. a little bit of an educational game, but it was also kind of fun. So this was back in the day when there were all those online worlds. And basically the game was to learn how to trade stocks, but within a virtual world where you could buy things with the money that you make in the virtual world. Okay, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that's what ended up happening. I ended up working for that company for, you know, three years until they ran out of money because right. it was kind of a hard game to sell. Um, how did you feel in that time? Were you like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> no, I loved it. Okay. Because I was out of New York. I mean, I was living in California. I could. I was living in LA, which is fine. It's only, you know, it's only an hour flight away. I was going home all the time. I mean, I loved it. And, I, and this was a whole new world for me too. LA was so laid back. I mean, I was so used to New York and just being so stiff and being finest. Yeah, yeah, and being. I mean, I remember the my coworkers. In um, LA, when I first started working, you know, I was always wearing skirt and suits and like, and they were all in jeans and t-shirts. And I remember one day, one of them said, do you own a pair of jeans? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> of course I do. And they were like, oh, because you're always so, you know. Thumbed up. Right. And I thought, oh my God, this is terrible. It's not who I want to be. Right. So, you know, I slowly was learning like who I actually am. Like, I'm not that finance person, even though... You know, I did it for so long. I'm actually way more laid back than that. I'm way more personable than that. And then I just started to... Wait, that's actually super interesting. Yeah. So is, is it almost like you didn't even notice that your go-to was like basically like suit no, outfit? I didn't even know. But at home, I'm, I'm a t-shirt and jeans girl completely. Wow. So it was so strange for me when they said that. And then when I finally started to wear jeans and t-shirts, I just felt so much more like myself because yeah. I was, oh, yeah, this is who this I so am. so interesting. So, okay, so what happened after the video? And when does P. Diddy come into this? Okay, so P. Diddy, <laughs> so P. Diddy um, when I was working for the hedge fund, I was recruited by someone looking for a chief of staff for P. Diddy. That's so random. I know, so random. And so, of course, to me, I was like, wow, that's super cool. I'm going to learn something completely different. I can get out of finance. And I'd already been wanting to get out of finance. So for me, it was like, okay, great. I can go work in the entertainment industry and the clothing industry. And because, you know, he has, and the music industry, he has all these different avenues. And I thought, okay, I'll go interview. So I went first for one interview with the director of HR and then the second interview immediately it was with him Whoa, and, that's yeah, crazy. yeah and I thought 
wow. So we talked. We just totally hit it off. I mean, we just really hit it off. And he told me what he was looking for. I knew I could do the job because I was like, I, I do, I've done this job, you know, many times with uh, different CEOs. I can do this. And so I went on board and I, I worked for him. And it was a, an amazing job. I mean, it really was. It, there was a staff under me. You know, I managed, and uh, but staff that had been with him forever, mm-hmm. right? So um, it was, you know, having, an, and it was a new position. So it was someone basically coming in, wow. trying to get it, get um, the, the staff more organized and focused. Were they resistant? So, yeah, a little bit. How did you get bit. them on your side? Um, well, the one thing I told him is no one's going to follow me unless you, unless you tell them. They have to, otherwise, you know, they're gone. And he did. He said, this is what has to happen. And so that's basically what happened. And then from then on, it was great. And obviously, you know, I had to show that I could do the job. And so I think when I showed that I could do the job, then it kind of came that everyone started to respect me and and say, okay. But it was a lot of work. It was, I thought I had worked a lot. And then when I started working with him, that was like, that was because so he's twenty four seven. Yeah, he's twenty four seven, and he was you know amazing. But yeah, I would get up at seven. I would go home at you know say two a.m. You know, and then I'd have to get up and do oh, it all over again. Yeah, yeah. This is in New York. Still? This is in New York. Yeah, oh. yeah. So, but yeah, but that was fun. A lot That's learned so crazy. much about all the businesses that he's in, and yeah, yeah. But, Fascinating. Yeah. Now we fast forward a little bit. And you actually knew your husband back in college. I did. So we. How did that come? How did yeah. that come around again? Yeah. So my husband and I have always had this. We've always stayed in contact mm-hmm. from you know the time that we broke up in college. Oh, so you were together in college? I didn't. Yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. No, we were. Um, wow, yeah. So we dated in college for about a year, and then he graduated ahead of me, and so we you know, we parted ways because, you know, he needed to do his thing. I graduated. I, I had, like, big dreams of all the things I wanted to do. Your languages. <laughs> right, everything, all of it. I just, I wanted to just be so successful, you know, it was crazy. And um, so we we separated and then, but we stayed in touch, you know. And then about eight years later, I was going to Italy and I emailed him and I asked him, hey, I'm going to Italy. So are there any recommendations you can give me? And he's like, oh, I'm actually in Italy. I'll meet you for lunch. So then we met for lunch, had this like week-long trip all around Italy. You know, he speaks Italian, so it was very easy for us to get around. He was driving us. And then we tried to get back together after that trip, but it didn't work out. Why? We just were in different places. I mean, I still wanted to, you know, travel the world and, you know, keep doing what I was doing. He just wanted to settle down and have kids and, you know, and and cook and I was like no that's totally not what I want to do with my life right now and so um, we separated again when I moved here to LA for the video game producer job I called him and said hi I'm actually moving to LA um, do you have any recommendations on where I should live he, now he knows your taste. Yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows my my yeah. mo. And he says, "Great." He's like, "I'll come pick you up at the airport, show you around." And so he um, showed me around, and then we ended up, you know, getting back together. And listen, there were a That's lot. So of, crazy. I know a lot, and there was a lot of maybe a year of, "Are we doing this? Are we not?" But then finally, we did. Um, we decided, okay, this is it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna get you know get married, have kids. You know, Holy crap. yeah. 
So right about that time was when the video game company was going out of business. And so when it went out of business, I, you know, I wasn't working and he said, I'm gonna, I want to open my own restaurant. And he's like, will you help me? And I was like, sure. So I was really only helping him from, supposed to help him from a financial um, perspective, you know, putting together a business plan, helping him find investors, talking to the investors. And then that slow, I know, I sound like the accidental everything. I, turn, I accidentally turn into, you know, whatever it is. So I started to do that for him. And then we ended up getting an investor, one big investor. Actually, that's all we needed. And we opened up um, Soto. Yeah. And, um, and so that was six and a half years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. You definitely need yeah. just to be surrounded by people that love the industry, that think like you do. You know, I mean, we definitely try to hire that way like-minded people because we've learned over the last six and a half years if you don't hire or partner with like-minded people it's always gonna go right. bad so that's been a hard lesson to learn I yeah. think but um, now it's one that we know for sure so that we tried to do that here at the new restaurant and um, still learning but yeah for the most part I think we're there Restaurants are interesting in, well, and probably all businesses now that I think about it, but everything trickles down, right? So if you have really good people and really good management, a really good management team, the rest kind of falls into place. Is it a high turnover industry? So it is a high turnover industry. Yeah. So how do you maintain that? Like finding the same Right. Well, so it's not a high turnover industry if you treat your people well. Okay. So... Um, here's the tip. Right, here's the tip. So treating everyone like family and um, really tr help trying to take care of them and let them do what they want to do in their lives outside of their job is a huge thing for us. So, you know, here in Los Angeles, you know, you'll find in the restaurant industry there are there's some people that are just dedicated to hospitality, for sure, and we love the, those people. We have a lot of those people working for us. But then, you know, you'll have a lot of artists or writers or actresses, actors, models. Um, so for those people, we found that the more we can let them enjoy, be successful in what they're doing on the side. Like some of them, this is just a job for sure. them, but yet we, we only hire people that just put in 100% with whatever it is they do. Um, you find out very quickly if, if they're not and they just want it as a job. We find that, you know, when you take care of them and let them, okay, oh, you have to take off for an audition? Okay, great. Please make sure your shift's covered, right? Where some people, some restaurants are like, no, mm. you're, this is your job, this is your job, that's it. Yeah. What about, like, you're saying that you, you want it to feel like a family, like right. everyone's a part of that. Sure. So in the cases where things aren't going well with somebody, right. mm -hmm. like, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, yeah. Well... We give a lot of chances because when you think about it, well, unless it's you know completely egregious, but um, which did happen to us <laughs> before, but but we give chances. I mean, we try to think, okay, there's obviously something going on in that person's life that is is causing this. Okay, it probably has nothing to do with us, but let's try to get to the bottom of it and let's try and find out if it's something that we can help them with. And if we can help them with it, then they're worth keeping for now, and let's see if they can grow with us and learn with us, right? So 
I mean, obviously, the person has to be doing a good job, too. So if they're not doing a good job and they're kind of a troublemaker, then that kind of that, that answers the question already yeah. for us. But if someone's doing a good job, but there are just some little tweaks that need to be made, we, we will give chances. And we've done that, actually, uh, many times. And people that are still with us today and very good at what they do, and they're very appreciative of it because... Most likely, those people have had problems before, but no one gave them that chance to try to fix it. And so we try to give them the chance to fix it with us. Do you have an example of a conversation? I'm just thinking in the context of work. Yeah. You know, you let things go. Sure. For sure. Because you avoid that conversation. But sometimes things are so small, and it's kind of like a matter of how do I... I just want to say something that it's not an attack. It's right. just like yeah. an awareness thing. But even that, like, oh, it's just so awkward. Yeah. How, like, how have you approached a conversation like okay. that? Okay. So the way I always approach the con- those kind of conversations is I always start with something positive to say. Okay. You're doing a shit sandwich. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, that's how I do it. And it works. I mean, it works. And But I think, again, it starts with the culture first, right? It's because we've started with the culture already that we're a family and do you want to be a part of this family that's where it starts from so the conversation always is we want you to be better we want you to be better we want you to stay a part of this family do you want to be a part of this family and i think that's because we've already started that conversation before i mean when they start right this is the culture this is what we're hiring for when we try to hire for that culture right and so the conversation becomes so easy, really. Because they know the expectation. They know. They know the expectation. And Steve and I, too, uh, you know, we, we try to stay in touch with every single employee, right? We, it's not like we're up here and we're the boss and, you know, I mean, we talk to everybody. We want to know what everyone's doing, what everyone's up to. And even just at Rosa Blue recently, you know, we're at this five-month mark. And we're seeing people work so hard and we're thinking, okay, we want to let them know that we see the hard work that they're doing, that it's appreciated, and let's get to know them. So we met with every single employee, right? Just sat down, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, sometimes it went to 30. Tell us about yourself. What do you want to do with your lives outside of here? Like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, is this what you want to do? Because we want to know. If this is what you want to do, we'll nurture that. Right. It's not talking to somebody just because there's an issue. I think it's always being yeah. part of the conversation. The I was just thinking about your path and how it kind of came together with Steve at a time where it sort of it aligned with in terms of what he wants to do with his life and right. what you want to totally. do with your life, which is kind of crazy. Totally crazy. Checkpoints where you're like, oh, not not today, I not know. today, and then it happens. Do you think if you weren't part of the business, it would be difficult to maintain a relationship with him because it because of the hours, because of the industry? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when he when I was first working here um, with the video game company and he was, you know, cooking. We, he wouldn't get off of work until, say, midnight. So we would hang out together from midnight to 4 a.m. Oh, my God. And then I'd have to go to sleep and then get up to go to work at 9 a.m. So that was, like, when we How spent our time that together. For? That was for, yeah, two and a half years, oh basically. God. So it was super tiring. Um, luckily, I had flexibility there at that job. But, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So obviously now you guys see each other, like, all the time. time because, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. But then you throw in... a Wins yeah. into the mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. How 
Is that? Oh, it's really hard. <laughs> I mean, just twins in general. Yeah, twins in general are super hard. I know. I know. I remember, you know, when we started the restaurant, when we started Soto, a year and a year and a half in, I got pregnant okay. with twins. Wow. It wasn't even a year and a half. I think it was because we opened in 2000. No, I got pregnant like immediately, like right when we opened the restaurant. Oh my God. So here I am pregnant with twins, general manager of the restaurant, running around the floor, trying to get this restaurant, you know, moving. And um, yeah, I was pregnant with twins. It was so crazy. Wait, did, like, what was that feeling when you found out it was twins? Well, we knew because what? we because, of, because we had had trouble doing it, so we had to oh, use a little bit of that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even then, yeah, it's twins. Yeah. It's the first time you have kids. But I didn't even think about it to be honest until they were born, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, what did we? This is crazy. There's two of them." I mean, yeah, yeah it was. You know, and this is the thing. I don't know the difference, right? right. I don't know what a single baby would be like versus two because right. I only know two so to me it's so when I, I can tell you this a couple times in 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 the five years of the kids lives I've been alone with just one right not not too many but and I thought to myself wow this is so easy <laughs> yeah this is so easy <laughs> like what are people complaining about this yeah. is easy you know for to have just one I can't even imagine yeah two. yeah no it's great Okay, looking ahead, I mean, if yeah. history's taught me anything about your yeah. life, <laughs> yeah. you probably have to plan. Yeah. But is there something that you're thinking about, you know, for your own personal growth? Yes, yes. Okay, so this is an amazing question coming right at this time because that's totally what I'm focused on right now. Because I've, I've realized that, okay, I love the restaurant industry. I love working with my husband. I love all the family that we've created at both restaurants. But I keep thinking to myself, okay, is this what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Because I did kind of find, accidentally fall into it. And so I went recently to a conference. It was an all-female conference about... Um, Which one? Cherry Bomb. Oh, okay. okay. Cherry Bomb in San Francisco. It's all females in food. <coughs> and basically, there was a woman speaking. Um, she owns a restaurant in San Francisco with her husband. And she started speaking about how she became an accidental restaurant owner, right, just because of her husband. And now she's wondering, she started to wonder a couple years ago, is this it, right? So she's now taken a, diff a, a different um, avenue, still restaurant related, but something that's really passionate to her, right? So she's doing, um, she's trying to basically figure out how to stop climate change okay? okay but through restaurants through food through farming and um and it's it totally blew my mind all of a sudden i was like wait a minute yes that's what i need to do i need to find my role within this restaurant world or maybe not but maybe possibly because you know it just seems to make sense but what is that role for me right so i've been doing a lot of soul searching these days of you know what I'm gonna do next I don't know yet but but I mean I do think that there is a role outside of the restaurant and out like not under my husband mm -hmm. but actually doing something on my own and luckily I have the you know I don't have to worry because 
we have two successful restaurants. I don't have to worry about money. I can actually take my time this yeah, time awesome. to really think about it. Um, but you know, but I also still have to keep in mind that I'm a mom too, so that's that's kind of a limiting factor as well. But I'm so that's I'm awesome. I'm starting to think about it. And, well, um, I mean, I'm curious to see where you end up because I'm I sure know, it's going to be pretty amazing. I know. We'll see. I have so many crazy ideas, so yeah. we'll see. That's awesome. This might be a weird question, but it's something I think about a lot. It weirds me out. Okay. <laughs> but just to say, if we're lucky enough to live a full life, right. and maybe we end up living till we're like 90 or right. something, that's a really long time. Right. Like, that's a long time ahead. Yeah. And there's no point thinking about it because you have no idea what the circumstances will be. Sure. But do you do you ever think in that context and be like, oh my god, like I've lived this this much and I've done this much. Right. Like, what is it gonna happen next? <laughs> like, I I mean I I already feel like I've lived so much. I mean I really do. Um, so I'm I welcome anything that comes ahead. I mean my whole thing, right? I'm a I'm a I'm someone who's had kids at an older age. So for me, the only thing I can envision right now for the next 20 years is what's gonna happen to my kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I can't think outside of that right now. I don't, I can't, I don't know, it's, you know, it's funny, but it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. It took me forever to get to be a mom. So I want to know what they're going to do. I wanna make sure that I'm there for them. And then for my role, like I said, I think you've caught me in a, in a transitional place. And so, yeah, I can't see out further out. I mean, all I know is it's got, it has to be something that I'm, that I'm totally happy with, you know, where, that makes me happy. And where I'm not working for anybody else. I'm working for myself. I mean, are, you, are you glad you had kids later? Yes, I am. I am. I mean, I'm sad that, you know they that I don't have as much energy as maybe I would have if I was you know 30 but um no I like it I, I feel like I understand more about life and just how it works and how to make things happen and also just financially we're better off or we don't have to worry about um you know how am I going to feed my children or you know like I think my I have a niece who started having kids when she was 19. Oh, wow. It's like, you know, that's, there's always that worry. Like, how can you enjoy your life when you're so worried about how you're going to feed your kids, right. you know, or how are you going to give them a good life? And I don't have to worry about that because I, I did it after I was established. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you could give? Um, wow. So many things I can think about. I think that for me, and I'm sure you'll like agree after hearing my story, I mean, I feel like you just always need to be open and flexible. I mean, I, you, I feel like you just never know what's going to happen and to be open to anything that may come your way or any, like to be set in one mindset of this is what I want to do with my life and you know, this is what's gonna make me happy. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think there are very many avenues that can make you happy. You just have to, you know, be open to trying them. You know, one of the things that my husband taught me during this whole process, which has been super interesting, is that because I've always worked in these male-dominated industries, 
I always took like a very, not subservient role, but you know, a supporting role, a supporting role. And my husband was always like, why are you doing this? You don't need to be in a supporting role. He's, you know, he's like, you're, you're, you're better than that. You need to take a, you know, a lead role, not a supporting role. And, and I fought it for a long time. I'm like, no, no, I just want to help. I just want to help you. I just want to help you. And he's like, no, I don't need you to, I need you to be a leader because that's what you're going to do best, you know? And I think it, it really resonated with me just recently. And I think that that's how we've really been able to be good at what we do is that I, I, I've just been more confident about, okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is who I'm going to be. That comes with experience too. It does. You can't just like fake that. No. But even, you know, it's like I've done all these great things in my life, but it, it's funny to not have put it all together to realize, oh, actually, I can do any I can do anything. Or, you know, I'm I can actually lead. I don't have to be in a supporting role, you know? Yeah. It's scary though. It's it so much easier to like, oh, totally. I'll help that. Totally. But to be the one that has to go out there and do it, it's like, oh, I know. I you know. need somebody supporting you. Well, I guess. Okay, I know. Yeah. I know. But you know, I, I, I think my 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 biggest thing, and I think this is the way I've lived my life, is just to kind of always be open to it, mm -hmm. open to anything, open to anything, but but to still, you know, make sure that it's something that that fits with who I am. I mean, and I know that's, but you kind of have to know who you are, right? And so I think that's the problem. Is You're for the jeans wearing. Right, 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 totally. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, before it's like, I, I can say during times of my life, I didn't know who I was. And right. so the quicker you can find out who you are, the better, obviously. Yeah. Just took me a long time. <laughs>